This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Alright, I will share a bit this evening and then and then we take questions, isn't that so? Like I prepared this time. Yes, sir. All right. Quickly, I just want to share one principle. This is, very, this is a very, very, very important principle. All right? Very, very important principle. All right. Quickly, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, uh, we're speaking about the fact that about agape love, God's kind of love, and that God requires that we demonstrate the same love that he has expressed first to us. In other words, he's saying what you have experienced, do extend it unto others. So 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, it says here, we love him because he first loved us. And that he then goes on and says the same love that we ha- he has shown unto us ought we not also to love one another. So God says that I, it's almost like saying, I don't expect rivers to flow out of your innermost being if you haven't first come up to drink. I don't expect you to deliver something you have not first received. So it's important that we understand how to receive love. You know, you can be in a space where you find it difficult to receive love. You don't know. Uh Come in a place where you can't receive love, which means that you find it difficult or you don't even understand how to receive love. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 33 to verse 39. It says, Romans 8, 33 to 39. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And then he goes on and says, Who shall separate us? And I want us to know that. From the love of Christ shall tribulation, which means that if you're going through tribulation, will that separate you from the love of Christ? Leave the scripture, please. Distress, persecution, that people are persecuting you. Famine, nakedness, which means... Exposure, peril of the sword. Verse 36. It is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. People look at us and can sometimes account us as sheep for slaughter. However, in all these things, says no. In all these things, while we are persecuted, while we are going through tribulation, where things are happening, it says we are more than conquerors, through him that what? Loved us. Alright? So we're not more than conquerors because we loved him. But we're more than conquerors because he loved us. And then he goes on again and says, furthermore, For I am persuaded neither death nor life, angels, principles, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things present. Alright? Nor height, depth, nor any creature, any other creature, shall be able to separate us. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, these scriptures here are indicating that the time where you have the opportunity to experience the love of God, that he now wants you to demonstrate unto others. In other words, you have experienced it. I I gave an example at the start of this series about the chief judge in South Africa who, when he wanted to go to law school, well, just called Luxury Short, he had lost his father, his mother was working, she had lost her job, 
She was in a difficult position. He was helping out as the firstborn. He knew once he goes to school to go and read law, he'll focus on his academics. Nobody will have time to do any odd jobs to keep the family together. So he needed his mother to be receiving, all right, money while he was schooling, all right, for three to four years. So he walked into the business, all right, one of the malls in South Africa back then during apartheid, and he just approached an Indian businessman and told him his story and said, could he be giving his mother money every month, a certain amount of money, all right, and that what will happen is once he finishes and starts working, they will schedule a payment back and he will pay back all the money, all right, so he takes it as a loan. So the Indian man agreed immediately without saying anything and said, but he won't give cash, he will give a voucher. So your mother can take this voucher and go and buy stuff, all right, whatever she needs for the house. So he did that for three years. And when he finished law school, he came or finished doing law, he came back to see him to structure the payment. And the man said to him, well, I'm not going to, this is how you're going to pay me. I'm not going to take any money back from you, all right, for this I did. All I would just ask of you is pay me back this way. As you start walking and going up the ladder in life, if you find less privileged people in difficult positions like you are, do what I did to you to them. In other words, what God is saying is go and do to people what I have what? Done to you. So you must have a tangible experience or else you'll be doing it out of emptiness. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, I want to show you how you get a tangible experience. You must have a tangible experience of love. You must feel like that you are the apple of God's eye because of certain things. You must feel that you are a special one. Uh, are you following what I'm saying here? Like Mario said. Oh, you know Mario. Okay. All right. I won't call the name of the rapper, but I had a rapper say this. And I found him, I found it quite enlightening because some of these rappers, they say some things. You know, Paul said, even your poet said these things. He was talking about poet. Uh -huh. You know, rap is poetry. I'm not saying bad rap. When rap started, it was poetry. You don't know it was poetry. Uh -huh. The P in rap was poetry. You don't know. So you don't know history. You just, you're just around. All right. Well, so he said, you can never know this rapper unless, unless you are very deep into hip-hop. He said... When my, no. He said, you can describe me. I won't say the futures because you might get, all right? He said, you might describe me as being like this. That's my fiscal futures that are not nice. He said, but you can't convince me God doesn't love me. He said, because when my CDs drop, they sell the best. You call it luck. I say I'm blessed. You want me to do question answer if you get it? You're on the trip to Singapore. You look at you this guru, sir. Some of you are DJs here. You just tell me what. <laughs> All right. So it's that here an experience of love that you might be laughing and make criticizing him, describing, bringing. That's what he was saying there. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is he that condemneth? You lay things to their charge. You condemn them. They are still moving ahead. So they know that God, they're experiencing the love of God. They have seen that it is this love, all right? But, you know, so the key is nothing shall separate me from that love which is in Christ Jesus. So when we experience the love of God, and that's the same way you also, where you demonstrate love to people, is when you are going through a time of testing them, when, let's say, you're facing rejection from people, when, uh, you know, uh, people do things and persecute you, the difference in tribulation and persecution is tribulation is, is prob just problems there. Persecution is the attack of people on you. So persecution there, tribulation, whatever it is, that's where you have the opportunity to experience this love. That's where the, and what God does is that the outcome of the events, when people had predicted that you won't come out of this, when friends said you won't make it, 
One colleague said, he said, the experience, all right, uh, uh, the, the outcome of that event will make you know how much God loves you. And I'll show you what God does and how he does it. Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8, he talks about you being the apple of his eyes. In other words, you come out, for thus said the Lord of hosts, Zechariah 2, 8, all right? For thus said the Lord of hosts, after the glory he had sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you, toucheth what? The apple of my, his eye. In other words, you have that feeling after that I am a chosen one of God. I am the apple of God's eye. What do you mean by apple of God's eye here? This is the apple of your eye here. If you stand before me and I do this, you, I, you, you shut it. Which means God is overprotective concerning you. Are you following what I'm saying there? God will shut things down for your sake. God protects you. That's what it means as the apple of his eye. The key to experiencing the love is to know the unchanging nature of God's love. At the point where God wants to open a flood tide of his love, and he wants to, it's at that point, he wants to open in a time of testing where people actually say, that has God forsaken me. That's the place where God wants to open up a flood tide of his love. It's like a person applies for five jobs and ejected. The person comes back and says, I fasted, I prayed, I did everything. That's the point where God wants to open that flood. And he wants to do something. It's at the point of testing. It's at the place, all right, where there's pressure. That's where God's love, all right, you will experience that love. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 5, it tells us, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access, all right, by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in the hope of God's glory. He said, we not only do we rejoice, all right, in, in glory, not only so, but we glory in tribulation, when tribulation comes. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience worketh experience, and experience will produce hope, or experience means character, will produce hope. And that hope maketh us not ashamed because of the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, put that scripture, that five there, verse five, in message translation. Just put five in message translation. When he says the love of Jesus is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit, he says you rejoice in tribulation, tribulation worketh patience, patience works character. He says, in alert expectancy such as this, we are never left feeling short-changed. Quite the contrary, we, count, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to tell you is, in a time of testing, what God will pour into your life, you don't have the containers to hold it. I want to show you how it happens. Which means that to know that God loves me is that, you know, anything God does, God, you see, it is us that do, listen to this, understand what I'm saying? You know? It's us that calculate. God is a God of abundance. Anything that there's shortage is what man is producing. What God produces is in abundance. Nobody here will say, the air, can you please hold your breath a bit because there's shortage of air. Nobody goes to the ocean there and somebody's taking water. And somebody says, will you stop wasting, wasting? What's wrong with you? Why are you taking, you want to finish all the water inside the ocean? You can't hear that. You can't see people in the sky saying there's no space. If there's no house, it's what we are building. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the nature of God is that he says, God who the lily, who today is, which means he beautifies the lily. Beautiful flowers. Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as this. Yet the lily is today and tomorrow disappears. 
In other words, it's like saying that you know, someone takes their child to go and buy, and the child is in a real growing stage. And he says, oh, I want to buy you some sneakers, the child. And the sneakers cost um, $600. And he says, well, how long will you wear this one? Well, you might just wear it for a month, and you'll grow it. Eh? And you're spending $600 on, on that. Isn't that wastage? That's how God is so. That's what he said, though. That leads that today or tomorrow, that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed. So if you are moving with God, you will think that God is a waster. Do you get what I'm saying here? Because he does things in abundance. All right? That's why I'm saying that some of us have problems that we can't receive his love. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because it's too expensive. Do you get what I'm saying? Someone says, let me buy you the shirt. Ah, no, 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 it's too expensive. Ah, how can I wear a shirt? That? No, it's too expensive. Buy that cheap one. That is, no, I hope you know people are like that. People find it difficult to receive things. So. You don't know. Ah, someone can buy someone a car. Say, why did you spend all this money now? Ah, why? I'm okay with this kind of car. What's your problem? Uh-huh. All right? You, I, mean, I mean, people can't receive. So God is a God of abundance. He says, look, my love means that this is the meaning of his love. And I'll show this. What you have cannot contain what he's bringing. Let me give you two examples here. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came, this is love. Remember when Peter took him to catch fish. You know what happened? Huh? Aha. That's the, that's the love he wants you to experience. Are you following what I'm saying here? So after you've experienced that, if he says follow me, there's no problem. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you know he is more important than what just happened. If with your word we can catch fish, I will follow you anywhere. But if there's that performance is not there, do you get what I'm saying here? And, and don't say that, you know, may I, may I, no, 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 may I, I just love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I, I, look, it's not what he does for me. I'm a boy. <laughs> I, I just love Jesus. In that case, why do you want to go to heaven? Isn't it what you read about how heaven is? And God knows how you are. That's why he put it there. The streets are paved with gold. He knows you. Don't, don't spoil your life. Or don't, don't contaminate your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even a child knows the difference. One of the ministers told me he took a son to, to Los Angeles. He said he's not coming back. <laughs> Where are you carrying me to? <laughs> What are you going to do? All right? He stood this guy and said, listen, he started making his confession. Uh, this country is my heart. <laughs> so, so, a child, when light comes, they scream because they know the difference between darkness. It's, it's you adult that you're getting used to. Don't contaminate people. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? All right? So, look at what he says here. This, this love, all right? No, same circle, all right? And when Josephine and his people, now, this always in crisis, came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves. What do you say here? More than they could carry away. And they were there three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. It started from a life-threatening situation where the armies gathered around together. It is in those life-threatening situations God pours out his love in abundance. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. This is the love here, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think according to his power that is at work in you. So you went for a job, they asked you, so what, um, um, you went with your own mind that you have gone to get a good job. They say, how much did they pay? They say, 350000 In your mind, it's 350000 Ah, you are broken through. <laughs> then you get there, and they say, well, your starting salary, you are, you are seated now. Your starting salary will be 750000 now, not only that, they, t- they tell you, 
that you will be traveling three times a year for uh, proper training. <laughs> you are, you're just sitting there. I'm trying to talk about it is exceedingly abundantly above. Now, 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 please. Now, please. After you get all of that, they said, well, if you do things properly here and you bring in some, um, this will also be sharing profits with you, which means you can get up to $15,000 a year profit sharing. Now, listen to this. Though. So you just get up. And they say, well, just a package for you before you start. Here is, uh, wait a minute, here's 100000 as you are leaving. Now you leave. Now, let's assume you have a barber who cuts your hair. Let me notice that. And you go straight to your barber to cut your hair. How much do you pay barbers now? Huh? Huh? 1K max. Because right. I know what I pay my baba. I don't want to say what I pay my baba. So it's 1K. I've been paying this my baba. So, so. What? Is it 1,000? Are we giving him 8,000? All right, so what I'm saying, Sha? No, 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 no. But, but he's, I've, I've been giving, no, he's, he's my guy, I've been giving. So, so but, but you know, it's a long time, it's a long time I went to a barbing salon. So he comes to go to my house. So he said, no, 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 wait. <laughs> so he said, no, the reason why I stopped going to cut my hair is when I said, oh, Pastor oh, Pastor oh, Pastor oh, Pastor And then somebody came to meet me inside the building. What you That time, just going on television. You're on television, dye your hair. So it'll be black. I said, look, this one. Can you be coming to my house? <laughs> well, here's the point. So, if all of that happens to you, huh? and you are all, I mean, get to your barber, you know it will be very easy for you to give him 1,000. Oh boy, take care. <laughs> you know why? Because you have just experienced something. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Now, so you can see if you are sad and, sad and stingy, you haven't been experienced. <laughs> the problem is that. You, you are missing out on the love of God. All right? <laughs> or after that happened to you, then the man now tells you that, I need another thousand. So what, 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 what rubbish is that? Ah, ah, God will say, oh God. They will just do this for you now. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. We just forgive you all that debt. Why is it that you are holding your own like? Ah. So what's the case to experiencing this love? So we've seen that this is what the love of God is. And the picture God wants is you experience this kind of thing and therefore you show it to other people. Somebody helps you powerfully up your career. You'll be disposed towards helping younger people if you also are helped. Do you get what I'm saying? Those who punish people is because they too are what? Punished very well. So you don't know what I suffered. You must suffer this. <laughs> All right. So and the disposition is what? All right. So you can see that people who experience God's love will be very happy. There will be people that will be full of what? Joy. Uh, there will be people that will be generous. Okay. Now, so what's the key to this? The key is faith. And I want to show you, quickly I'll just show you what it means by this. And you'll see it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, before we go to verse 20, we start in verse 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, all right, that you're being rooted and grounded in love. Sorry, I should have told you. Do you have the Living Bible translation? If you can put this Living Bible translation of this, all right, of Ephesians 3, 17. That Christ, all right, the Living Bible says that Christ may make his home, make your heart, all right, his home through faith. In other words, dwell there means he now makes it, all right, his home. Okay? You can just search for that, but I have to move on. So what do we mean by um, um, make it his home there through faith? Okay? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, the Bible says that our light affliction will work for us, eternal weight of glory, while we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are not seen. So faith is looking at the unseen. A person who is walking by sight is looking at the seen. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? So, okay? So it tells us Jonah chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 8. This is what makes people not experience this love. Jonah, Jonah 2, 7 and 8. 
My soul fainted within me. I remember the Lord. My prayer came in unto thee, unto thy holy temple. Then he says in verse 8, They that observe lying vanities. In other words, they look on the outside. And they are observing things as they are. So this person that got this job I just described, the day before, if they look around their life, there will be no indication that that thing will happen tomorrow. Do you get what I'm saying? But if they look into the word of God, there is an indication in the word of God that this is the way God wants to move in your life. But if you look on the outside, there is no indication on the outside that there is any change that will happen. In other words, the today's physical things don't give an indication of what God has for you tomorrow. So the only way, it says they that observe those lying vanities and look at it and they are sad. They forsake the what? The mercy of God. The mercy of God is his compassion or his love. But Jonah said instead of doing that, all right, verse 9, he says, but I, instead of observing that, will sacrifice unto the Lord with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Now, see it in Isaiah 49 and verse 13. So God says, sing, all right, and rejoice. Isaiah 49, 13. It says, sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, Break forth into singing on mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and he will have mercy upon his afflicted. But look at what it says. But Zion says, the Lord has what? Forsaken me. In other words, when Zion looked on the outside, it looked like God had forsaken Zion. Now remember, in a crisis, nothing shall separate you from the what? Love of Jesus. Once you start looking at the crisis and start saying, oh, why things are terrible, where is God and all of that, you are separating yourself from that love. Do you get what I say here? Now, once you start separating yourself from that love, you are separating yourself from the plan of God, the plan that God has for an abundance. Because now you are complaining, you are saying all kinds of things, and God says, you are separate, you are forsaking the mercy of God. God doesn't forsake, it is us that forsake his mercy. In fact, if you read what he said, it just goes of time. He said, no other creature can separate. In other words, the only creature that can separate from the love of God is you yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? So look at what it says here. Now look at what uh, in Isaiah they're going to miss. But Zion says, the Lord has forsaken me, the Lord has forgotten me. Next verse. Can a woman, God now says, can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, let's stretch it, that she may forget she has a child. He says, but I will not forget thee. Behold, I've engraven thee upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continuously before me. Verse 17. It now says, thy children shall make haste. In other words, once you start singing, what God has planned will start coming fast. The destroyers that made the way shall go forth of thee. Verse 18, it says, lift up your eyes round about. Behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, said Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as an ornament and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. He now says, look at that same scripture now, with that same thought. For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of destruction shall even be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallow thee up shall be far away from thee. Then verse 20 says, And thy children which shall thou shall have after you've lost that shall say, This place is too what? Straight or narrow? Give place. In other words, this place is too small for what God is doing. But it started by the person saying, it looks like God has forsaken me. But God says, just, just, you just get that I will never forsake you. That there is something in this situation you are not seeing. The way to trigger this thing is come with thanksgiving and praise. You say, I don't understand. It's called the sacrifice of praise. And when you are praising him, there is one song that causes it to happen. Never judge God. Listen. Let, let me tell you people. I know you're young people. Eh? Many of you plan to travel. Listen. There's no problem. But you can write what I'm saying down. I will never stop anybody because you don't know where God is for anybody. But 
traveling won't make you better than those that stay. Do you get what I'm saying? I know you are not happy at this one. <laughs> those that, those, listen to me. I know you don't like this prayer. You won't say amen. If they refuse you visa, just know God has a plan for you here. Do you get what I'm saying? Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, you from here? So just go and after I pray that fast, visa. Just go and thank God. I asked Sinach, the song song I said, How did you get said? We were seven friends in church. We all decided to travel. Said so Pastor Chris called me, said there's something inside you don't go. All my six friends went. I was the only one that stayed. We don't know those six friends now. And there's no country in this world that they don't celebrate Sinach. Are you following what I'm saying here? So it's sing and worship. So you can now see something here. Ephesians 3, uh, we've gone quiet. Uh, Ephesians 3, <laughs> Ephesians 3, 17 to 20. I just want to close by showing you this. So you're going to sing. There's a song you sing. Now look how it says. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. All right? That you may be able to comprehend with all of the saints. Can you let me put, just put the message translation? Let me just go straight to the message translation of this. All right? Quickly. So you'll be able to take in with all Christians the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights. Verse 19. It says, live full lives, full in God's fullness. The King James says, filled with the word, fullness of God. All right? Okay. Filled with the word, fullness of God. Now, look at the last one, last verse now. All right? And to know the love of Christ. Oh, no, no. Put message transition. To know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. Okay? That you may be filled with the fullness of God. Verse 20. God can do anything. All right? Yes. Next verse. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by walking within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. So this love he's talking about, that he says you might experience the length, the breadth, the depth. You see that love he says? It means that God will do exceedingly abundantly above. That's that love. Do you get what I'm saying here? So when you experience the love of God in your life, God exceeded all of expectation in anything you are doing. And so with that, you know you are special to God. You have a feeling all there, and then you can demonstrate. But he says that for that to happen in verse 20, he says you'll be filled with the fullness of God. Now, you remember your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know that. You know the temple used to be a physical place before. All right? But now it's your what? Body. So, and you know we've talked about giving God thanks and praise. Now, let me just close this guy. Quickly go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13 to 14. So this is what you need to do. All right? And it's, this, it's, this, it's what that rapper was saying. You can call me that I'm this and that, but you can't convince me the Lord doesn't love me. Are you following what I'm saying here? Okay. And are all things work together for your word? Good. 2 Chronicles 5, 13 to 14. 2 Chronicles. It came to pass that as the trumpeters and singers was one, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking God, when they lifted up their voice with trumpets, cymbals, instruments of music, and praise, saying, what did they say? He is good, and his mercy endureth forever, that the house was what? Filled. That's that fullness of God. All right? Even the house of God. In other words, you are now the house of God. You'll be what? Filled with the what? Fullness of God. What causes that to happen is a song unto him saying, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Because they that behold lying vanities forsake that what? Mercy. But I will sacrifice with the voice of what? Thanksgiving. Which means, and that thanksgiving is you are good and your mercy endure. And the minute Jonah did that in the belly of the whale, God spoke to the whale. And the whale didn't just throw Jonah out. The whale took Jonah to Nineveh. How did the whale know where Nineveh was? Are you following me? 
That situation will carry you straight to your destination. Look at 2 Chronicles 7, 1 to 3. Now Solomon had made an end of praying. The fire came down and consumed the burnt offering and the glory of the Lord filled the house. You see what will happen there. And the priest could not enter the house because the glory of the Lord filled the house. Verse 3. And you see, and when Jerusalem saw the fire come down, they bowed themselves with their face to the ground and worshipped and praised God, saying what? For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And then finally, when Jehoshaphat got that breakthrough, what did Jehoshaphat sing? All right, in 2 Chronicles 20, 20 to 25. 2 Chronicles 20, 20 to 25. All right, when they began to sing and to praise, sorry, and they arose and Judah, ye inhabitants, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established, believe also you prophets, so shall you prosper. Verse 21, and when he had consulted, he appointed singers that they should praise the Lord for the beauty of his holiness. And when they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for what? For his mercy endureth. I hope you understand what they're saying here. An army is coming against a formidable army. You are going to the battlefield. And all you are singing is, Praise the Lord, your mercy. And the army is coming up. Endureth forever. Pray, praise the Lord. All right? And as you start singing those songs, God set an ambushment there. Because if you sing about God's love, you touch the core of his heart. Are you following what I'm saying? Let, let's go on there. Next verse. Next verse, please. And they began to sing and praise God, set an ambushment. Verse 23, and we see the effect of it. And children of Ammon, Moab, stood up in Hamptons there, and uttered to slay and to destroy them. And they made an end of the inhabitants, and everyone helped to destroy. In other words, something entered into that place there, uh, the presence of God and the enemy until they finished themselves. So the idea behind it is God wants you to experience his love so that you can show that love with all generosity and do the same for others. To experience that love, you've got to understand that I'm not going to judge God by the circumstances in my life now. I'm going to judge him by his unchangeable nature that he is God. And in faith, I'm going to acknowledge that nature there with the voice of thanksgiving and praise. And what happens is, the effect of that is there's a release, and that release will cause more than I can ever have to contain. And when I experience that kind of love, it's very easy for me, all right, to smile. You know, back then when you go and apply for visa, people, you know us, if you're outside the embassy, you know who got the visa, who didn't get When people smile, you know, they have given any visa. When you just cry, you know. So angry people are people without love. Smiling people, happy people, are people that have experienced love. That's what Jesus was saying when he said one woman, she broke the alabaster box. He said, he that has received that love will do what? Easily show that love. That the problem with you is that the man, you're a religious figure who has never experienced my love. Amen. All right, so we take questions, Abby. You have questions? All right. Where is the mic for questions? All right, so we start from this side. You have questions? If, if you don't put, if, aha. Ah, uh, you came today. You were in traffic last week. Uh, this, it is today, and we asked my question. Oh, I'll give her the uh, mic, Chief. Please, I will answer any question. I don't answer political questions. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Would you teach us the context of God's love? Yeah. Especially with either making a decision to stay in Nigeria with the way it is now. <laughs> this is a bit more long term. How do we respond to that love and then order our lives so that in, say, the next five to ten years, the profiting shoes that were thriving as a result of God's love. Okay, let, let me say it this way. I mean, any decision that you make, listen to this one, can't be because of what I said. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why are you laughing? But the decision has made in prayer 
to God where God specifically tells the person what he wants that person to do. And from my experience, from reading the Bible, when God speaks to you, now, when you know God has promised you something is one thing. When you go to God about the issue where the issue is a naughty issue and you're talking to him in specific terms for direction on the issue, and he speaks to you on it. As you start obeying that instruction, you start seeing manifestations. It's one thing for me to take the generality of scripture and to be standing on it. It's another thing for God to do or to speak to me. Okay? So once, I've seen this, once he speaks to you on something and tells you, this is what I want you to do on this particular thing, and you start obeying that thing, the signs of God's presence start showing up in your life, all right, for the fulfillment. You start having the signs, all right, of God's um, presence. So you start seeing that. And, and one other thing it does, because it's spiritual, it also gives you that peace that passes all understanding. You have a sense of assurance. And you, will, you can almost predict, when I say predict now, you can know what the outcomes of your life will be. Hmm? All right. Okay, here. Any question? You would have a question in this whole place. All right, the gentleman there. Hand. I'm surprised. No question. Uh-huh, yeah. All right. Uh, good evening, sir. Good, good evening, everyone. Uh, my question is... Um, What's your name? You know my name. What's your name? <laughs> my name is Dogara. Okay. My my question is, um, can can love be rejected? And if it is rejected, then you who is trying to show the love, what do you do? Very good. No, no, no. It's a very good question. And I give you an I give you an example. I and it just flashed back when I was in University of Lagos. Something happened in the fellowship and. Um, the lady was telling me about something that happened. So she, out of love, she sent a gift to the person that there was beef between them. And the next thing she saw was that the gift, let's say you send a shirt to the person, another person was wearing her. So it's almost like he collected it and, you know, so it's almost like worsened it, all right, in her heart that, ah, we even gave you again. You just gave somebody else to do. All right. But let me tell you this story about um, demonstration of love. And you'll be tested this way. Let me just make this clear. If you are practicing this, what he just asked now will happen to you. Okay? In other words, you will, you will, you will, you will have a nudging to call somebody to talk about the issue and to even if he's apologized, and the person will be very rude to you on the phone and say, is that why you called me? And will drop the phone and you will wish that you did not call. All right. But you will know in your heart before you made the call that God wanted to call. And I give the example of Bishop Keith Butler who, when his assistant pastor left his church and he went, God told him that raise an offering, go to meet him and give him. He said that when he got there, he gave him the check. And this was the largest offering they had ever raised in the ministry. And the man collected it, put it in his pocket, turned around without acknowledging him. All right? And he said, God told him, that wasn't the instruction I said. You go and meet him. Tell him how much you love him. Hug him and go. He said he hugged him. That was like, and went. All right? Now, to that man, he felt, well, you are now coming to apologize to me. Now, now he's the one that did wrong go. Aha. So it's almost like, you know, uh, you did wrong again, then you are the one again trying to, aha. So he left. But he said in three years, he said what happened was they were believing God for $75,000 for a property. They had paid $25,000. They didn't have money anywhere again. He was confessing, praying, confessing. He said, three o'clock was the deadline. For three months, they didn't get anything. Three o'clock was the deadline that day. 
He said after he did it, he just went back and he was confessing that morning. He knew he had just about eight hours. The phone call came at 10 a.m. And a gentleman says, please, could I come and see you? And he said, okay, you can come. And man walked up to me and said, I don't know what happened. This morning, God spoke to me. And he just brought out his checkbook and said, I should open my checkbook before you. Write any amount you want there. He said, he looked at him. He said, I don't think you understand what you're saying. He said, what's it? He said, I need $50,000 now. He said, so write it. And he wrote it. That church grew to be 22,000 people. The man who walked away, his church closed down. So when God asks you to do something, it's not the response of the people to you. It is for your own sake and your own obedience. Love has nothing to do with the response all right, of people. All right? In fact, when the Bible tells you that if your brother offends you, go and meet him. You can go and meet him and you can embarrass yourself on it. That, what is that? You mean you're angry because I just... I, I didn't mean it. I mean, what are you... I mean... I mean... You now look like you are an oversensitive person and all of that. All right? So it has nothing to do with how the person responds. In the same way, the Bible says if you help somebody, you should have no expectations over that person. You are going to get something. So when you do something, just do it in obedience to God. All right? It's not emotional. It's a statement of obedience. You put the seed in. You thank God for it. I've done what you told me to do. All right? And... um, and, um, I mean, I've, 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 when I was in school, there was politics in the fellowship who I edged out. The chap, after he finished edging us out, he finished leading, finished the, his leadership. It was when he was relocating, he called me and he told someone to tell me, tell him I have no hard feelings and there's no problem. Of course, I didn't. God told me, he said, go and pray for this. I prayed, there's nothing I did not do. If I didn't do all those things, all right? I mean, when the person did everything to me, he handed over to somebody else, all right? And then when he was traveling, he said, tell him I have no hard feelings to him. The person he handed over to, they posted him to go and work in Chicago. That one called me. He said, the way the fellowship is, this is a fellowship. He told me in the car park, I can't go in and say you are president, but by all means, you are the president. <laughs> so I had to come to the fellowship to announce by myself <laughs> that I am the president of you. I am now your president. Who ordained you president? The guy left. But since that day, I have been preaching twice since that day. November 23rd, 1991. I've been preaching twice every week, except I choose not to. It is a priesthood that is continuous forever. Are you following what I'm saying has nothing to do with how people respond to you. I hope you understood that. Because that's a very good question for people to understand. This love thing, I will show you, doesn't mean um, people will. All right. Let me take from lady, then I'll take gentleman, then we'll come back. Oh, you have somebody? Um, okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Then we'll take one, then I'll take yours. I'll take yours. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Um, my name is Chingwe. So, um, speaking of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, for us to keep living the life of thanksgiving through yeah. faith, um, what if when somebody is in pain and crying and, you know, the person is maybe trying to thank God, maybe the person is not even sure why, why the person is thanking God, how does God respond to that? Um, is it still seen as full thanksgiving or... Complete. Or partial or... Complete, complete thanksgiving. Com- what you just said now, complete thanksgiving. All right? Thanksgiving, you see, spirit being is spirit being. If you say it, it is accepted. And it's, it's not, it doesn't start with your feeling. It's a decision to do something first. So if you're in real pain, all right, that's the emotion, like, like the Bible says, though you are in heaviness, okay, you rejoice. So there's rejoicing in heaviness. So a person can be singing in church, but they are heavy about something that just happened. And that heaviness can be their crying. Tears may be coming out, but they still lift up their hands to God. That is the most acceptable sacrifice to the Father. Right, you understand what I'm saying? All right. So it's, the, it's what you communicate. It's what you said is very, very important. All right. So it's, it's, it's your communication there. Now, if you do it continuously, then it will change the way you feel. All right. And then... 
then the manifestation will come. Okay? All right. The one, then I'm coming back to you. Yep. Hello. Good evening, sir. Yeah. My name is Wemiwo. Yeah. So um, I was wondering, in the context of having peace of mind when trying to understand what God is trying to do in a matter, so real example so if we're looking to God to get instruction about something, and although I don't want to do that thing, like you've said, look through God's word and you have a conviction of your spirit about this. But my person wants to refuse that thing. But in obedience, I don't have that peace in my heart, but I think it's obedience to God. And then the outcome of these obedience doesn't look like what it's supposed to be. Could there be an error in saying peace of mind is the yardstick to understand what God wants you to do in that moment? Or if I don't feel peace about it, should I okay, leave it? Okay, let, let me just say this here. Let me say this. When it comes to matters of hearing God, that is the most important part of your Christian experience on the earth. Your key to miracle supernatural is hearing God. So that's why I don't, I hardly say God spoke to me to do something because I feel a lot of people just hype, God talk, God told, God told, God told. And you know, I mean, we've been in school before. Uh, uh, and we're doing party. And these two executive members, you know, you start feeling like you are even a sinner. And they said they met themselves. And one said, um, um, God gave me the first letter of the name of the person I'm going to get married to. Uh, ah. And it sounded so deep. And it was us. us. I know they're starting to, they scattered the thing before, before the semester ended. So, and they've gone the same way. So sometimes when people say, God, God. God, God, sometimes they just over say it. So I want to explain something. So when it comes to conflict between your will, that's what happened to Jesus when he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, when it comes to it, pray to God about something. Don't do anything until you are certain it is God's will. Certainty in God's will, some cases, may for that person, you have a confirmation from somebody on the outside without that person knowing. Uh, you get what I'm saying here? So it's not just that I just feel something and I want to do it, I just feel. Because let me say this here. If people don't, if you obey God's voice, it's fire. If God tells you something and you do it, it, it works up. There's nothing like I heard God and it was like, no, 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 no. If God speaks to you and tells you, go, that, that's what Jesus was saying when he said, go and take that colt from that man. If says, if he asks you, tell him the Lord has need of him, the man releases it straight. So with the voice of God, when God's voice, the Bible says it breaks the cedars of Lebanon. It's like many waters. The voice of God is the life. I mean, Jesus said, when I sent you, did you lack anything? He said, take no money to show the power in that voice. He said, don't take anything. Go. That, that I told you to go. All right? The voice of God is like what Peter heard when he said, bid me to come. He said, come. He started walking on water. There is no, with the voice of God, there's nothing. So the issue is, all right, hearing that voice. And when you hear God's voice, it gives you, that's what the scripture says, a peace that passes all understanding inside your heart. All right? Because that's what I say. You say God will speak peace to his people. So a peace comes into the heart. But, but if there's still a conflict inside your will and you're not, you know, you're still struggling and you're not, then just tell God, all right, God, we'll, I'll just keep praying about this thing. I'll keep, I won't make any move on this thing. I'll keep praying about this thing and just keep showing me. I'll keep praying about this thing. And what will begin to happen is even if you are struggling with it and God wants to convince you it is so, you can come to church, they preach a message, they just divert into something, bam, it stays in your face. You go home, you put on the television, somebody's talking, 
bam, it comes before you. You open your Bible, the first few scriptures you see, bam, it comes before you. Once God wants to get across to you, everything you hear, everything you see will be telling you that thing. Once you have touched God on it in prayer, and there's a conflict, God will help you. You see, God is not, you know, trying to make us prove we are spiritual to him. Uh, you know, so I want to impress God. So if you talk to him about it, he will, I mean, this morning I was meditating on this afternoon, and God, God told Abraham, he said, get out of your house to the land I will show you. It, if you read it, it didn't take seven verses. He, he saw the land. So it wasn't that he got there and God was, you know, it was almost like the next few places, God just said, this is the land. So, so God doesn't, he doesn't make it hard, all right? But you have to sincerely pray and you've got to understand something, that when God speaks to a person and says, i um, said this to you, ah, it's not, it's not, um, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a joke. It's not like idea. It is God. And you hear what, what Moses said. Moses said, if I came with my own mind, then something natural will happen. But if it's God that sent me, he said, you will see something you have never seen before. When God sends, my friend went to Kenya. God spoke to him when he got to Kenya. God spoke to him. He went with a senior colleague. He went, was a classmate. He got to Kenya. God said, don't take any preaching engagements here because you're coming here to build a church. So any infrastructure, they don't say that you came to carry their people. So all the opportunities they gave to him, he said, he's not taking he got back, told his wife, they said, let's pack. They packed their luggage, arrived in Nairobi, not knowing anybody. Somebody just walked up to them and said, is your name? While you came in, he said, yes. He said, God told me, a Kenyan, to give you this. Give him dollars. Follow me to where I will take her. Voice of God. It's a joke. It's not... Uh, Ah, when you hear God's voice. So don't, don't play, take your time to hear well. All right? You have your desire, just tell God, see this desire is beyond, you see, all these things they are saying. They are saying what they are saying. Eh? This is my desire. But just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And when he makes it clear to you, you will know that this is what God is saying. All right? So this is the last question because of time. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my name is Demola. I suspect your question will be a difficult question. Am I no, no, no. <laughs> so um, in the Bible, when God says Aha. to us that you should pray for those who despitefully use you. Yeah. Now, what exactly are you supposed to pray? Because it occurred to me that you can actually get to the place of prayer and try to use, try to judge the person in the place of prayer. Like you pray that, okay, God, I didn't take action, so you punch <laughs> the person. So, and then on the other hand, if you say, okay, let me pray for what I would want for myself. Now, this person despitefully used you. So he's an unjust person in a certain sense. You know, maybe he's a fraudulent person. In my own case, this person defrauded me. And you, you are praying and you say, okay, forgive this person. Don't work in, um, don't work in spy on forgiveness and all of that. So what do you pray when you get to God? What do you tell God? Do you, do let you me, say, okay, God, okay, God let me, let me, let me explain something. We, we don't see. If somebody hurts you deeply, forgiving that person can't heal you. God has to compensate you for you to be healed. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay? So that you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you are healed. What it does is that it opens the door for God to do something for you to be healed. So the pastor that walked away from um, Bishop Butler or even Joseph's brothers, all right? It's when Joseph got to the throne that I'm sure Joseph was completely healed of everything because that's when he now understood why he went through what he went through. 
You are sounding like someone broke up. You're making this thing too obvious. Like someone broke up with you. All right. So what I'm saying, the way you're saying this, and I'm coming down for you. I said, so yeah, you calm down now. So, so what I'm saying is this. So if a if a guy breaks up with a, a this, this is what I'm saying. If a guy breaks up, no, no, no. If a guy breaks up with a lady, and she's hurting, let's just say that. She won't be completely healed. She, she can open up herself. But that, that total healing comes when somebody else walks in and she realizes that, ah, God saved me from <laughs> Now, what you have to decide for yourself, which is what I'm trying to ask you now, is... is This is what I want you to decide. Let me just say, she meets a guy. They decide to do the wedding. Let me just say this here. In the church that, it was, she didn't plan it all, but it's the same church the parents of the other old boyfriend goes. So the parents attend the wedding. This guy comes in some superb Bentley. The wedding was everywhere, put all over this guy opens magazine. He's, he's looking at, is it you that called judgment on him? No. Are you following him, sir? So God says vengeance is his own. Hmm? God's vengeance doesn't mean that he will do something punitive to that person. But I can guarantee you that when he elevates you, that person will not behave like that. They will be cleansed from that error of their way by reason of what God, all right, will do in your life. You get what I'm saying here? So Jesus was raised from the dead, but it's not that he went to kill Pontius Pilate and the rest of the people, but him being raised to be seated at the right hand in a place that was completely inaccessible. Are you following what I'm saying here? So... So if, let's say, you were in business with somebody and they despitefully used you and all of that and you let it go and you prayed and then what God will do is that he opens up a door for you and you, you, he opens up people to be in partnership with you who suddenly just say that, oh, we like you, we, we, we are this, we have offices in Dubai, we'll make available $50 million. So uh, you, what's your own with that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean if, if you tell God, it says just to come. And then one day, one, and it has happened. I mean, it has happened. I know someone in this country who was treated wrongly, as, and she was treated badly. It was racism in England. And she came back to Nigeria. She got a job in Nigeria. She was working. Her bosses were sent to come to that company. All right, to come and do some work for them. She was the one at the top. The bosses were now there looking at her. I says, oh, I know you, I know you, and how are you? All right, so what, what do you have to offer? God has settled the issue now. That's better than... Um, um, no, 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 no. No, you know, even if you want to look at it, even if you want to look at it, even if you want to look at it from... A, even if you want to look at it from a vindictive side, if your enemy has died before you got blessed, there's no... Abby? Uh, Abby? Are you, are you from there? Even if you want to be vindictive, it's better that they see you <laughs> than, than for you to have died. All right, so we have to end here. I know you're putting up your... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Except your question is very short. What's it... It's very short. Yeah. Sir, if the believer is commanded to forgive, do we have to confess our sins as believers to receive forgiveness from God? No, no, no. I I, I can answer your question, but why did you ask the first one? Okay, sir. Because God commands us to pray for those who despisefully use us and forgive people. So do we have to forgive? Do we have to confess both known sin and unknown sin to receive Forgiveness from God as believers, not unbelievers. I mean believers. Oh, okay, let me ask. Why are you? Wait, wait. Why are you? Get up. No, not that. Why are you asking that? Uh, because I want to know where you're coming from. 
No, sir. I, I wonder why you're asking the question whether you have to confess your forgiveness. Because the Bible says you should confess it. Is that why? So I'm asking because... No, 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 no. Because the Bible says you should confess your sin. Yes, sir. But uh, what if... Because what we call confession of sin may be what we are conscious of the sin. What if we're not conscious of the sin? Does it mean that God doesn't forgive? That's what I'm saying. Oh! Okay. So here's what you're saying now. Let us assume. This is what I... I just because there's a doctrine. I just want to make sure you're not, you're not of that doctrine, Abby. You know the doctrine I'm saying. Uh, all right. That's why I wanted to clarify first before I answer the question. So what you... What now? Let, listen, what you are saying, what question you asked here, that question you asked now, all right, is a very, very transformational and deep question. And it is, it is a theological debate inside the body of Christ on the issue of righteousness. But what you said is correct. Because if... I am behaving in a certain way without my knowledge. This, this, I know what is right. I'm doing what I know is right. However, I have a behavioral pattern that is not known to me. But it is, I'm doing it, you know, there are two sins in the scripture. There's sin of commission and sin of omission. Sin of omission means you are ignorant of it. The priest used to go into the outer court for sins that people consciously did. The high priest went into the holiest of all for those sins that people are not aware. That's why in the New Testament it says that he may have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, which means out of their ignorance, they're out, but you're still out of the way, all right? So if you are believing God for something on a higher level, this is how I would say you should pray it because the Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise as some count lackness. He's just not willing that any should perish, but that they should come to repentance. In other words, what is holding that promise back from coming is that there are ways and manner in which you are doing things that have to change for you to receive it. So the prayer should be that, there's a prayer now, you are not confessing sin as, Father, I confess this sin to you as something you consciously did wrong, but that I am open up unto you the areas where I'm not aware. I bring my heart before you. I'm believing you for this thing. The areas where I am ignorant and there are certain things that I'm doing that may be sabotaging this thing, I ask that you open up my eyes. That which I see not, teach thou me. Where I have erred, I will correct it. God bless you all.